the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to the Situation Report. Very glad to have you with us today. My name is Jeremy Stalnecker, and this is the show that we, every week, do our best to give you the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. I'm here once again with Chad Robichaux, and this really is part two of what we started last week, a deep dive discussion into the topic of China. There is much to be said on this topic. Last week, we introduced our guest, Jack Maxey, is with us. And uh, Jack is one of the foremost voices on this topic. This is information all of us need to know. We talk about navigating an ever-changing culture. Uh, one of the areas that our culture is changing is in its outlook or perspective on what's happening in other parts of the globe. Uh, other countries are making decisions, and those decisions are impacting us, and we need to know what to do about it. Again, we started this conversation last week. If you're listening to part two and haven't yet watched or listened to part one, uh, I'd encourage you to go back and check that out. Again, this is one long conversation. You can find that in a lot of places, but I would encourage you to go to SalemNow.com. You can find the episode there. And now we jump back into our conversation with Jack Maxey. We want these things made at home. We want medicines made at home. We want politicians who will, who will determine that, you know, uh, everything in the VA system, everything in, inside the public health care system has to be sourced from at home as much as we can and start ending. I mean, for example, we get 80% of our medicines are sourced in China, at least on one basic level within the chain. You know, they may produce the base chemicals that produce those medicines. This has to stop. This is yeah. the, what, what pretense do we have? That's a national security threat. We're going to go to I mean, to me, it's a national security threat, right? You don't need a fire bullet. You just cut off the medicine. Yeah, yeah exactly. And we've seen them do this before. We've seen even the Russians do it with the natural gas. And, you know, we're giving them huge leverage. I say, let's play the game. Use the grain. Yeah. One of, uh, one of the things you mentioned early on is that the Chinese play the long game. They look you know, way down the road and make decisions now based on where they want to get. Uh, one of the ways they're doing that right now is with what uh, is called the Thousand Talents Plan. I don't think most people have any idea what that means or even what the goals of that might be. Can you talk about that and, and what are they trying to accomplish with that? Well, the Thousand Talents Plan, a program is sort of most famous because there's been a lot of high profile arrests surrounding it. It's sort of the most high profile of a whole group. Uh, Department of Justice, I guess, estimates that there are around 200 talents programs. It's just that the thousands talents was quite successful. Mm -hmm. I think uh, 2017 from the recent Senate report, they estimated they had seven to 8,000 people inside the United States who were part of this. Wow. They were seeking leaders in technology, uh, research, uh, 
and also medical research, things that could give them a leg up at home. Uh, I think the the guy who was the most high, high profile was, uh, and I'm trying to remember his name from Harvard. I think it was Leiber. Uh, he was the head of their uh, chemistry department. Yeah. And he'd been working ironically uh, as an adjunct professor at Wuhan University of right, Technology. That's right. Yep, that's right. And, but this has infected all of academia. It's infected much of uh, private commerce inside the country as well, from the banking industries all the way down to uh, technology centers in, in private industry from Silicon Valley to Bell Labs. But I think it's, to me, what is so horrifying is that it's just occurred right in front of our eyes. I mean, none of us, no one of my age certainly could have ever imagined going to Yale and have 15% of your class be from the USSR. Right. And yet this is what's happening all across America. They. 350,000 students, they represent you know, $15 billion a year going directly to the American university system. You don't think they have an interest in keeping all these kids paying full freight mm. on their uh, state scholarships that don't argue about uh, housing costs? Absolutely not. And so the, the tentacles of greed are, are quite well spread out, right? I mean, this tide really affects a lot of boats. So it's going to cause some pain in the near term to to get this country back on track. But we have to get it back on track because the other, only other alternative is is some sort of kinetic future with an unhappy outcome for everyone. Is it is it salvageable at this point? I mean, as you said, the tentacles agreed to so far and they you know, certainly go beyond business into you know, political people in power. I mean, is it is it reversible? Well, I don't think the greed is reversible, but I think the march of conquest, both commercial and uh, sort of tyrannical of the Communist Party of China across the African continent, we're watching it, as I've already discussed, Latin America. You've got the Belt and Road Initiative that should stretch all the way across uh, you know, Asia to the European continent. All these things, so there are many people on the take, but what we can reject is we can reject the communist nature of this beast, and we can reject the totalitarian aspects of it. We can reject the the lack of human rights. We can reject genocide. We can reject cooperating with a country that would murder and uh, sterilize its own people at will. We can reject all this. There's no reason that we have to do trade with them. The world survived quite well with 30 years of China not trading with anybody. The ones who didn't survive so well were the Chinese. And then we had Kissinger and Nixon step in and say, oh, let's feed them. They were on the verge of collapse then. I believe they are very unstable now. I think there are even things in that uh, Hunter Biden laptop that describes some instability that we don't even openly discuss. I mean, one of his partner secretaries describes what I think is like regime change in one of her correspondences with Hunter about just hang on, big changes are coming to China. Well, what big changes could come to China other than the replacement of Xi with someone else Mm -hmm. or 
some other change in the power structure. So I don't believe that they're as strong as they make themselves out to be. I think that the pandemic has shown that they're not as strong as they make themselves out to be. I think that the, the floods make it so. We have to remember there are millions, tens of millions of Chinese who were deeply affected by all these events as well. Right. And while we're asking questions, they're asking questions too. But they're looking at flooded out uh, fields that may never come back. They're looking at you know lost businesses. Small business index in China has collapsed, much worse than here. So, I, I you know don't count out the American people. That's the key, and that's why yeah. I say it has to be grassroots, right? You know our politicians aren't going to do anything because they're on the take. Our elite academics aren't going to do anything because they're on the take. You know, you've got uh, the Washington Post and the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal all taking Global Times inserts for a couple million dollars a year. So they're on the take. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to have to come down to the American people standing up for what's right. And and I, I think we're ready. I, I think that's what we do. And uh, sometimes even our own politicians need a swift kick in the backside. <laughs> Most times. <laughs> Most times, yes. Uh, but you know, I, I, I'm I'm one of these people who's an optimist about the promise of this country and the promise of our constitution. And uh, I think we do our, our patrimony a disservice to sort of pretend that that we got here without a struggle. I mean, we're two hundred. Right. 45 years into this and uh, we're still going pretty strong and we're still beacon of hope and light around this planet and much as we can talk about Biden's awful uh, immigration policy, there's a reason that there are tens of thousands of people trying to get here. You know why? Because it's the greatest place on earth. And that's simple. I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide, with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is MightyOaksPrograms.org. Hi, my name is Chad Robichaud, author of An Unfair Advantage, Victory in the Midst of Battle. In this book, I share my experiences from my time on the battlefield of Afghanistan to my time as a professional MMA fighter to the battle I faced when I came home from Afghanistan and was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and suffered with anxiety, depression, and a battle with taking my own life and becoming another veteran suicide statistic. 
but also want to share the journey forward as I tapped into biblical principles that helped me align my life with being the man that I was created to be and living the life that I was created to live. So get your copy today at Amazon.com and discover an unfair advantage for the battles ahead. It certainly still is. I guess, you know, you talked a lot about, you talking a lot about, you know, American people or the, the solution to this problem. Um, I guess if you could have like to the audience, like one message to, to them, to the, to the American people about China and, and how it affects our lives, what would that be? Well, it may not affect your life today, but it'll affect your children's lives. It'll affect your grandchildren's lives. And I, I would say similar to what somebody who might've been blowing the clarion call in say 1936 concerning uh, the rise of Hitlerism, that it's coming, that you, you cannot continue to perpetrate these kinds of aggressive actions. You cannot continue to saber rattle over Taiwan, build uh, islands in the South China Sea, claiming that you have control of this international sea lane. You cannot continue to bully uh, people on your perimeter and, and not have something bad happen. Now, can we stop it? Yeah, I think we can stop it. Just like I think we could have stopped him in 1936 by boycotting the Olympics. You know, one thing the American people could do, demand that we boycott the Winter Olympics next year in China. That is something we can do. It is a nothing burger. Let's just bail on it. Let the whole world know that the American people do not want our Olympic athletes to go and participate in a country that participates in genocide. Think anybody wishes that they could have taken back the Olympic team from from Nazi Germany in 1936? You bet they do. Imagine if somebody had stood up and said, we're not going to Berlin in 1936. Why? Because this guy's prejudiced. He's he's a megalomaniac. He's putting people in concentration camps. He's threatening to annihilate whole races. Imagine what a better world we might have been in if somebody had had that courage in 1936 let's see if we have that courage this year because we've got the winter olympics coming up in beijing i say we scrap them do you think that as we come to the uh, midterms and then uh, the next election do you think this will be china will be um you know particularly with all the work you're doing with hunter biden's laptop and all these things do you think this will be a uh, an issue in the election something we'll be talking about well, I, I think it's kind of unavoidable because, for example, we now have the whole world is being regulated by this virus. The whole world has grown tired of it. The whole world is beginning to feel as if they are being gaslit, right? Right. It's not just the fringe anymore who are tired of it. I talk to my European friends, and they're open for two weeks, closed for a month, open for a week. People are going crazy at this point, Right. And at a certain point, I think there's becoming a consensus that the Chinese are responsible. Now, are they responsible because they released it intentionally from a lab in Wuhan? I don't know. Are they responsible because it got ran out of control in a wet market because they were eating bats? I don't know. But I do know that they had treaty obligations once they knew that they had a viral pandemic on their hands to shut down traffic travel from that location and to inform the world of this novel coronavirus 
so that the world could prepare. And they did exactly the opposite. They kept it under wraps for months. In fact, they shut down travel between Wuhan and the rest of China, but they kept travel between Wuhan and the rest of the world open. So yes, that was deeply irresponsible and from a litigious society, what I would clearly call a tort. So yes, I think China's going to be seen as uh, you know the responsible party in this as we go forward, much as they try to run around the world claiming they're vaccinating everybody. It's it's kind of like a guy showing up with a you know a new set of work boots after your house is burnt down, right? Well, at least you got a job, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and we're watching this play out around the yeah. world. And, and, you know, when you talk about their influence, you see the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization was never allowed into the Wuhan lab. They were never allowed to do the research that they wanted to do, ever. Yep. And yet they're like, well, we're, we're considering that the from nature story from the Chinese may be the proper one. The whole thing is a joke, and it just shows you that money can buy uh, buy the truth, can buy a falsehood, it can buy reality. Yeah, the world I think is slowly waking up to the danger that these people are to the whole planet, and even from a pollution standpoint. If there are any green listeners out there, you wonder why your your local recycling plant is broke because the Chinese stopped importing your recyclable goods, even though they sold you a bill of goods to get you to impose this recycling on everyone. Yeah. They are predatory. They do not care. Their objective is domination, and it is domination from a Maoist and Marxist uh, standpoint. Very, very dangerous one in which you have no value. You as the individual have zero value, and we've seen it in Chinese history. They've killed tens of millions of their own people in recent memory. Just over uh, differences of opinions, how we're supposed to get to the next level. So don't think that they're incapable of doing it again, and uh, you know, don't let the the pretty sparkly wrapping right. paper uh, keep you from seeing the truth, which is a quite an evil, evil regime, and the world uh, should wake up to it. I think before they have to wake up to it uh, in, in a very terrible fashion. Before we go, this isn't one of the questions that was on our list, but um, I, I've seen you reference faith and your own personal faith in the past. When you look at world events, and, and this is something that I try to do, Chad and I talk about this all the time, I like to view world events from more than just politics or economics or even civil rights, but from a faith perspective. How does your faith inform you when you look at this? A lot of folks who would listen to this would listen, you know, be people of faith, and you know that's broad, of course. But how does your faith, when you look at these things, inform you on how you look at them and what you decide to do and what you decide to speak on? Well, I mean, think about it. We we have Christian persuasion. We're right here in the midst of Easter week, right? And what is the great promise of that? That uh, you know, be not afraid. That that this is just part of the journey. Hmm. And, uh, you know, we're also told that, you know, it's a narrow gate. So it's up to each one of us to live as close to a sense of honor as possible. And I don't think this is unique to the Christian faith. I think this is true of most of the world's faiths when it comes down to personal responsibility. And I think truth is, is paramount amongst them. And I think that the world needs to know the truth about the communist Chinese. And I think that the 
world is waking up and I have faith in, in I have faith in in the goodness of the American people to do the right thing when informed. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I was I was reading the book of Judges this morning and um and one of the things that I just walked away from it was just that uh, you know, the God's people have been here before, plenty of times before and and have had oppressors before and plunderers and and even even uh as you know, God's people rejected God, uh being uh God allowing them to be going through the situations like this to turn us back to him. And uh so I, I remember reading uh, this morning, just reading Judges and just kind of leaving a little bit encouraged about that. Good, you know that, that's that's what it's there for, right? I mean, that's the whole thing about faith. If you if you believe, if you're Christian and you believe in, in Christian faith, then what are you afraid of? Hmm. It's all good. The only thing you're afraid, it, it's kind of like it's almost like a hybrid version of being a Viking, right? As long as you don't shame, <laughs> your, you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Jack, man, there's so much we could talk about here, but uh, for people that want to follow you, and I think that should be everyone, uh, where's the best place to follow you now? I know you've made some changes. Where's the best place to follow you? And uh, the stuff you're putting out about Hunter Biden and China, uh, people need to know about. Where do they find it? Uh, I'm on gab.com now, and it's Jack Maxi numeral one. And I guess I'm going to have to sign on to Parlor and all the rest of them. I've been uh, permanently ejected from... <laughs> from uh from twitter you must be doing something right then because i <laughs> <laughs> mean you're doing it right i don't know i think that, i think there's a sick looking out for my best interests yes of course <laughs> and the interests of everyone else yeah, this is the thing guys and we got to have humor in this right you you know that better than anyone and uh we're gonna be okay but the american people need to be told the truth they shouldn't have any candy coating. They want to hear the worst of it. And by God, never again right now. This is where, where you know, Yeah. we count the wheat from the shape, you know? Yeah, that's it. Yes. Jack yes. Maxey, thank you. Really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can do this again. All right. I'd love to. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, thank Jack. you so much. God bless. Bye-bye. As we conclude these two episodes, really, again, one long conversation. There are so many takeaways. I want to sum up for you, if I can, in today's situation report. Uh, Number one, and again, there are so many different issues we could talk about, but number one, we have to be aware that what's happening in China impacts us now. Jack made this point. What a great point. If you don't see it now, (laughs) you will see it later. The impact sometimes we don't uh, deal with because we can't feel it. If we don't feel it, our kids will feel it. It's coming. It's here. It's something we have to address. We've got to be very careful and very aware of that. That's number one. You need to know about this. Number two, when we look at a country like China, there are a lot of questions. Why would they do this? Why are they doing that? Uh, Jack made the point, tremendous point. A nation like China takes the long view. They're making decisions now that they don't anticipate coming to fruition until much later. And so much of what we're seeing now, they're those moves right there. Uh, They're making decisions now that will come to fruition later. If it's confusing to you, it's probably because you, like me, (laughs) are looking at this from the Western mindset or the Western point of view. Immediate gratification, decisions now, results now. China isn't operating that way. The things they're doing now, they're doing to set up what they expect to happen later. We need to take a long view as well. What are the issues that are being dealt with now or being presented now going to produce 
later. The third thing is this, and it was a hopeful finish. We can do something about this. Uh, Once again, Jack made the point. He has faith, he said, in the American people. And we do. At the level of the farmers saying we're not going to sell what we're growing to China. We can uh, cripple that government that is hurting its people and hurting people of the rest of the world. We can deal with that, even as farmers. (laughs) There are other things we can do as we decide not to buy things made in places like China where slave labor is producing what we're using. We can communicate to our kids uh, why it is we need to make better buying and selling decisions. We can do something. And we need to take that responsibility personally. It's funny how personal responsibility comes up every time we talk. How do you navigate an ever-changing culture? Well, I would say one of the big ones is to take personally the responsibility for what you do. It has a great impact. What an amazing conversation. Again, if you haven't listened to both parts, go back to uh, SalemNow.com. You can find it there, uh, the other part, whatever it is you missed, and check that out. Share this out with people that you know. There are a lot of people that just don't know that these are issues that they should be dealing with, and uh, they would probably appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you next time. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.